appreciate the time, man. I, I won't keep you too long, but uh, super excited for this co-headlining tour. And we get one of the first dates here coming up uh, Friday, April 19th at the Hollywood Palladium co-headline tour with Parkway Drive. Really cool. Uh, you guys old friends? Um, not particularly. But, um, Adam did do a couple of their records way back when. Uh, but no, we've become fast friends on this. Uh, it's kind of a whirlwind, uh, whole world tour going on. Um, we did Australia with those guys first, a couple weeks over there. Then we did about four weeks in Europe, and now it's another four in the States. So, um, yeah, definitely hanging out with those dudes, and God, they're gorgeous little surfer stores <laughs> bringing all the little girls out. It's pretty amazing to go to a Killswitch show and see that many girls at the front barricade. <laughs> that doesn't usually happen. <laughs> well, and then we can't forget, too, I love uh, Vane and you bringing them out on, on this tour as well, and I love the noise that those guys are making, man, kind of the polar opposite of uh, Parkway Drive. Yeah, it's going to be sweet. I think it's going to balance the bill out pretty well. Yeah, a little bit of everything. Get some some brutality and some melody, and then kill switch a little bit of both. And it, I mean, thinking about it too, how how in the hell do you guys put together a set list these days? Do you have to plan it out way far in advance, or do you just kind of do it night by night? But I mean, there's so many songs you got to play nowadays. Like, how how does that process work for you guys? Um, we should plan it out better. Um, <laughs> but usually, um, well, the past few tours. We really try to shake things up. We really wanted to get in some, into some older tunes or uh, maybe some B-sides that we don't usually play. And we've been revitalizing a bunch of stuff that we haven't played for or haven't played in a long time, which feels great. It just uh, adds a little more momentum to the, to the set, and it's not paint by numbers. It's, it's like, wow, what, what could possibly be next? But in that also respect, um, we don't know every day what's going to happen. So we uh, it's usually our tour manager saying, okay, who's doing the set list tonight? Because we all kind of, we've been taking turns doing it, coming up with uh, crazy different scenarios of different songs that we want to hear. And uh, then it kind of gets voted on. But um, our sound guy, our um, tour manager, and our lighting guy ask us daily, okay, so what's happening? <laughs> Come on, guys, get on it. <laughs> We're a little lazy, so. <laughs> well, I'm sure you're at that point now where there's somewhere you have to play, and including like the end of Heartache. Like that's one you, you kind of have to play. And I, well, I was... here's the funny thing. I mean, we've played that song every single night since when we wrote it, right? And we've actually not been playing it, and it's, that's the difference. It's like we've been adding different tunes in there and and taking away some that normally people might expect. Here. Wow, I was kind of surprised. So I don't want anybody to get sad or anything, but I'm, I'm going to guarantee that it's going to be a little bit different and well, for the better. <laughs> I, I was kind of surprised too because I was going to mention, and I'm sure nothing you guys ever think about us, but as fans and nerds of music and lovers, dude, uh, the end of Heartache about to turn 15 years old, just a few weeks away from that album turning 15 years old. Jeez, yeah, it's pretty crazy, man. Um, Wow, uh, you're the first person to tell me that, so I didn't even know. Uh, yeah, I mean, everything we do is old at this point, isn't it? <laughs> this is 20 years for us now. Um, that's another thing we're celebrating is 20 years in the biz. You don't expect your band to last more than three or four years, never mind 20. So I think I attribute it to us just being such good friends and being able to make it work, you know? It doesn't always work out that way. 
Yeah, no, and you've really done a great job of, of keeping the nucleus together. And, of course, Jesse back now for a few now. And so uh, I was going to say, are we going to get any chance of new music in 2019 or 2020? Uh, I know I know there was uh, some noise made about a new record deal. Congratulations with, with Metal Blade Records and everything. But Yeah, we couldn't be more happier. Brian and all those guys at Metal Blade are the nicest people ever. So really, really excited to be uh, hanging with a new crew and trying something different, you know. Um, and they've just been nothing but amazing from the get-go, and uh, we've been friends with them for a while, so it seemed like a pretty logical choice for us to do. Um, As far as a new record, it's been recorded. We actually recorded too many songs, (laughs) and it kind of threw Jesse for a bit of a loop. Uh, We had like 22, 21 songs that we actually completed all the music for, except for vocals, and then it was time for him to sit down and do it, and he just, like, fried his brain. (laughs) (laughs) Too much much to think of. Um, So it took a little while longer to write the record or finish finish the record. Um, I think we were up to, we did, like, maybe, like, 17 tunes uh, with vocals, and there's still a few left over that we're going to save for a little bit later. Um, But the record's only going to, it's not going to have that many, for sure. Um, so we'll have some extras to play with and figure out something to do. Um, but we narrowed down the track listing. We are mixing now and uh, all systems go to get it out for 2019. Awesome, man. Great to hear. And, and curious for you, too. I was going to ask you, not only playing bass, but doing all the killer artwork. Do you uh, kind of want to learn that process from you? Do you do you kind of wait until an album is done and then kind of draw the artwork for it? Or do you just kind of grab one of your existing artworks from day to day and say that kind of fits with the vibe of the album? Or how, what's that process for you, Mike? Um, it really depends um, year to year. You know, every record is like two years spaced out. So some years I, I really have an idea of what we're going for. We already have maybe a title for the record. Other years we have no idea what the title's going to be, and at the very last second we figure it out. So it's got to be something that relates to you know, artwork that I may have done just trying to throw a bunch of stuff at a wall and see what sticks. Uh, this new record, though, um, we had uh, Richie Beckett draw it. Um, of, let's see, he's, he's done stuff for Metallica and Queens of the Stone Age, and he did an, an album uh, for On Earth, and uh, just amazing, amazing stuff. And uh, he drew the, the three-panel artwork for the front, and I did all the graphic de- design for the inside, and uh, I think it came out really neat. It's completely different than any other Kill Switch record you've ever seen, I'll tell you that. Wow, that was kind of my next question, too, and I don't know if it's just being a dumb fan and thinking, like, Metal Blade has certainly had their fair share of some very uh, uh, graphic album covers and and kind of are, in a way, known for album covers, and know if that makes any difference for you or if it's just kind of another album cover. Are you looking at it differently? No, it was really, I think I I personally went into it saying this has to be completely different. It's going to be kind of a new chapter with the band, maybe a more... um, heavy-handed metallic and uh, aggressive chapter we'll see ah. um, but but uh metal blade is bringing out a little bit more out of us than we thought we had left in the tank and uh this album cover definitely uh, gives that allure to it uh you'll look at this thing and be like okay i can't wait to throw this in Oh, I can't. I can't. I'm already drooling and salivating just thinking about <laughs> it right now, man. Uh, I don't want to keep I'm it. Stoked. This is probably my favorite cover we've ever done, so I'm stoked on it. I can't wait. I don't always have to do it, you know. It's it's fun to collaborate with people. 
Yeah, and I was going to ask you, too, speaking of new music, we do have some new music from you from Death Ray Vision and the new album out, Negative Mental Attitude. And uh, I got to say, though, I'm a little bummed no no Brian Fair in the mix in that band. Uh, yeah, well, Brian, he's got two kids. He lives in Missouri, and I live in Massachusetts. Well, the entire Death Ray camp lives in Massachusetts. So it got to be pretty tough. I mean, the last we did uh, two records with Brian, and the very last one, it, it was pretty clear that he had um, obli- family obligations out in Missouri, which is very far. So the band wasn't really <clears throat> making a lot of money. And, of course, if someone lives far away, you got to fly him out. And it just didn't, just didn't make feasible sense right. uh, the way it was going. So we just we talked with Bri, and we, we told him we could see that he had a lot on his plate. And we would love to alleviate if that was the way he'd like to so choose. And he said that was a good idea. So um, we got Jeff Gard, which is, uh, he was kind of a diamond in the rough. He was right down the street for me. The entire band now can practice eight minutes from my house. Nice. We can play shows. We're currently on tour right now. Like, I was just sound checking. That's why I'm a little late to the interview uh, with Death Ray Vision. We're on tour with Into Another and beyond two bands from my childhood that I love. And um, this is the last date. It's in Boston. And we're just having a blast. You know, there's no expectations with Death Ray Vision. It's just fun. It's just like whenever I have time off, I jump right into this band and have a blast with my old buds. Yeah, I was going to say, it must be fun to just do that. Just go hang out with your old buds and kind of no expectations, so to speak, or not the same expectations, I guess, as, as Killswitch. Yeah, I, just, I, I just really like to play. It's a little different than Killswitch, and I'm not sure that the music meshes as well. So it's cool to have a different outlet, be able to write a little bit differently, and just to reminisce about 90s hardcore, <laughs> which is more along the lines of what this sounds like. I love it, man. I love it. Mike, just a couple I wanted to get your, your opinion on. Something I like to kind of ask all my guests, and because we're all music fans ultimately, right? Like, that's why we, we do what we do, what you do what you do. I don't think I'd be doing it this long if I wasn't a fan of music. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. So let me let me get you on this. It's a question I ask everybody, and you remember a couple of years ago, the big four, there was a lot of noise made. Metallica, Slayer, Anthrax, Megadeth kind of encapsulated the big four, and that kind of encapsulated thrash metal in the 80s. Well, I've been working on the evolution of that and wanted to add one to it and take it into the 90s for something I call the flannel five. (laughs) So here's my question to you. Out of the flannel five, which is your favorite? Not that they could play, but just who's your favorite out of Nirvana, Pearl Jam, Stone Temple Pilots, Soundgarden, Alice in Chains? Who's, Who's your numero uno off that list? I don't even have to think about it. Alice in Chains. Why? Because uh, because Dirt is like one of the heaviest, most influential records I've ever bought. To me, it was like it opened up a whole new thing. Like I had hung with bands that kind of along the same genre lines as Alice in Chains, but nobody came out on a big label and was that heavy yeah. that I heard anyways, and also played on the radio. It was like, whoa, what is happening? When Nirvana Smells Like Teen Spirit was on the radio, I was like, wait a minute, people like music that I like? What's, how does this even work? <laughs> it didn't make any sense to me at all. Punk rock and all that stuff, and took it to a new level it was a bunch of glam metal dudes doing ballads at that point you know hair metal had run oh, its yeah. course and it turned into uh, old folks home rock <laughs> that you'd like slow dance to your wife with and uh, those guys kicked it in the ass they kicked rock in the ass yeah, they that's did. what it needs every now and then i think it needs it now to tell you the truth pick a favorite alice in chains tune for us to play on the radio alice in chains tune um hmm. them bones 
I love it. I love it. Let me get you on, on one more, Mike. We'll, we'll uh, evolve that to the later 90s and early 2000s and kind of get into what I would call the, the new metal six-pack. Okay. So this is going to comprise of Rage Against the Machine, Corn, Lincoln Park, Slipknot, Disturbed, System of a Down. Okay. I really don't like any of those bands. Um, <laughs> but if I had to pick one, because I saw Rage Against the Machine and they were fun, pick them. And also because Zach was in a hardcore band before that band called Inside Out and they were amazing. Yeah, I wish he was back with, with the Rage Against the Machine guys and, and doing it again. But uh, at least we got Profits of Rage and that music still kind of living on a little bit. Pick a favorite Rage tune. Rage to um, um, bomb track, right? That's that, the name that of that works. first song on that first. Yeah, very, yeah. very first tune on the, that debut album. And kind of blew me away right there. Oh yeah, I locked myself in my garage that whole summer with my band, just trying to learn that tune and a bunch of tunes off that <laughs> album. But you know, they kind of seem to be the one band from that era that doesn't get any grief. You know, like they kind of yeah, get that I think pass. So, right. They were like cool and not cool at the same time. I think the only allure of that band that made him not cool is that it fell into the jock category. I, that could have even been the reason why they broke out there. Just like, who is listening to us? What is going on now? <laughs> the next evolution, though, I'm not quite there yet. But man, the next one I think has got to be like, you know, uh, Metal Core 7 or something like that. I, I don't know. I, I'm trying to put, hmm. trying to wrap my head around that would certainly include your band and Kill Switch Engage. And I would have to think like Shadows Fall, maybe, and Lamb of God, and I don't know, Unearth or Under Oath or <laughs> As They Lay Dying or Trey. How would who would you put on that list? <laughs> I'd probably consider how that whole genre kind of came to light, which was pretty much the 2004 Headbangers Ball Tour, where it just all of a sudden people knew who we were. It came. It, it was from like zero to a hundred getting on a tour with Lamb of God, Shadows Fall, and obviously Kill Switch Engage. Uh, Unearth opened and then split the bill, uh, split half the tour with uh, God Forbid. Maybe those bands were kind of the inspiration, at least the start of that whole thing, and maybe those should be included. Okay, so we have Kill Switch, Shadows Fall, Lamb of God, God Forbid, Unearth. Unearth. So those five. Yeah. Okay. I and, think so. Those would be my personal list, and and, and really good friends of mine. <laughs> Maybe that's why my list says that. No, I like it. I like it, and I'm still kind of developing, but I kind of feel like that's kind of like the next wave. I think after. Man, that tour did crazy things. Uh, it was just. We were just walking into places saying, oh, my God, do we sell this out? And we were, like, all high-fiving each other. We couldn't believe it. And the fact that MTV wanted to have anything to do with any of our bands was a shocker. We were, like, laughing. We're like, MTV wants to sponsor it? It doesn't even make sense. They're like, do they even know who we are? <laughs> and then it turned into a thing. It was too cool. Yeah, I mean, and that's, that's 15 years ago, right? The end of Heartache, right when End of Heartache <laughs> oh, came God. out. Don't tell me that. Stop, stop <laughs> with the numbers, please. <laughs> Mike, thank you so much for the time. I really appreciate it, man. Honor talking to you. And Thank you so much. Dude, you rock. Thanks for checking out the entire podcast. Now just hit the subscribe button. That way you get it sent to you directly. And follow me on social media at MikeZ967. Don't miss the radio show, bro. Wired in the Empire happens every Saturday night at midnight on 96.7 KCAL Rocks online at kcalfm.com. Adios.